So last week, I said we were going to stay together and we were going to workshop some stuff. This is that. So welcome. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So last week, we talked about the concept of are we living by convenience or are we living by conviction? And what I promised is that we were going to workshop these convictions um, a little bit more over the coming weeks. And we're going to start today and somewhere after today we'll work out what we'll do next week. Um, but right now we are just really zeroed in on what God is doing right now and whatever that means for the so-called program, we really don't care. We just want to do what God's doing and, and build in our hearts where he's wanting to build. So you have a sheet of paper in front of you there. And what we're going to be exploring today is what are my convictions about who God is? What are my convictions particularly about who God is for me? I've said for years that I think the two most important revelations that anyone can have is firstly who God is and secondly who I, not me, Tim, as in who I, as in point your finger at yourself, who, like now, yeah, doesn't poke yourself in the eye, point at yourself, that person that you are pointing at, who that person is. And if you know who God is and you know who you are, everything else starts to fall into place. And that gives a solid foundation from which to build. But I want to take us through a really simple process. And when I say simple, um, it, it could be emotive, it could be deep, it could be profound. Um, or for some, it could be just really easy. Um, and just about everything in between. What I want to get us to explore, and you have it in front of you because if I just leave it up there, it's going to be really hard for you to read that because it's really hard to fit a whole sheet on a slide um, in that kind of way. But this will give you a little bit of, a, um, little bit of an example to work with. So where we want to start tonight is, and I'm going, to, I'm going to run through like the whole process to give you an idea, and then I'm just going to give you some time to just plonk around and do it, and we'll come around um, back together at the end. We've got four zones. We've got the belief zone, we've got the experience zone, we've got the meaning zone, and then the processing zone. I'm going to take you through each of those four zones in terms of how we're going to process this. So where we want to start here is this square that says core belief. What is my core belief? And there would be a number of these. So in an ideal world, and if we had several hours or weeks, um, you could do one sheet for every kind of belief that you have about who God is. But let's just pick you know, a core one or two for the sake of today. And what I'd love you to do is to take this concept away and keep processing this. So we're going to look at what is the, a core belief about who God is? And I'll give you an example in a moment. What are some of the key scriptures that in particular speak to you about who God is around that idea? So, for example, let's say for me, a core belief is that God is absolutely good and part of his goodness is he is a provider and he is a healer. For example, they're core beliefs of mine. What are some key scriptures around that? Well, Genesis 2, 14, uh, 22, sorry, um, 14 that is, the, if you've ever heard that song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, that one, you know, Jehovah. 
that is the, that is the verse where that Jehovah Jireh comes from. And because it's part of his name, for me, prov provision is not just something that God does. It's part of who he is. He can't not. It's a part of his character and his nature. It's a part of his goodness. And that is that he is a good dad. So Genesis 22, 14 is the key scripture for me on that. The fact that he is a healer. Um, Exodus 15, 26 is where it's, I am Jehovah Rapha, as in I am the Lord who heals you. And again, it's a part of his name. And in Hebrew culture in particular, names are part of character. They often wouldn't name a baby till later until they understood its character because they would give it, give it a name that represented its character. Now, some of you might go, well, why aren't we starting with the scripture and then going to the belief? Well, I'll give you something on that at the end because there's a, there's a key decision point that we need to come to um, that is really critical that if you're worried about that, um, I may set your mind at rest. But I want you to start. What, what do you know to be true about God? What are some of the scriptures that really resonate with you about that? Now, you might not remember the verse. You might not remember the, the reference. That's okay, right? You know, just grab something and then you can go and look it up later. Or if you've got your phone or a Bible thing on a phone, you can go searching and I, I will not forbid devices in this particular workshop. Um, so that's where we want to start. What is the belief? Now, when we go into the experience zone, here's the thing that happens in life. I don't know if it's just me or everyone else has experienced this, but sometimes life really lines up with what you believe to be true of God. He shows up. He provides. So, you know, in my case, I remember yet the couple of times where I've been in between ministries and in you know, a whole lot of uncertainty as to what was next and where we were going, um, the way that God showed up and provided for us financially in those times has been extraordinary. So for me, some of the times where my experiences in life that have affirmed this belief that he is my provider, seen many people healed um, in response to prayer, which, which again affirms that God is healer. That's the good side. We'll follow that track through in a moment. Actually, no, let's, let's press the wrong button and let's take it off the screen completely. So, then we go into the meaning zone. The meaning zone is this. This is what is, what is the meaning I have added to that experience? And this is where things become important because whatever experiences that we have in life, we add meaning to them. In other words, we interpret them in a certain way with certain messages that come back at us. So on the good side, the meaning or interpretation of this could be something like, God really is all these things. I've seen and experienced him as that. Okay, that's the good side. Do you want to pull that door behind you? It's just going to be a whole lot easier if we um, have some peace. Thank you. Then we're going to have people knocking and it's just, it's all going to be good. Thank you. Um, and then where we get to the processing zone, when we've come across the top there, these are my testimonies. These are the stories that I have to tell of the goodness of God. That's the good side. And in a sense, that's the easy bit. Then where we're going to flow through is the bottom side. What are the experiences that I've had that are counter to this belief? I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes the things that I've experienced in life seem to be saying the opposite of what I know to be true. Is that just me or has anyone else had that? Yeah? So, 
I can think, you know, in terms of God as my provider, I can think of times for us as a family when we fought uphill um, and battled against debt, largely due to being in ministry. Well, a lot of my friends chose career paths that actually paid, like, actual money. <laughs> um, I chose a different path. And at times, that's been a real battle for us. And if I wasn't careful, those times could easily war against what I know to be true of God, if I let it. God is healer. Losing my dad, particularly him getting brain cancer and then him ultimately dying, is something that could very, very easily war against what I believe to be true because we prayed for healing until the cows came home. Yet we saw measures of breakthrough in little bits, but ultimately it's not a battle that we won. So when I add meaning and interpretation to those events, what could happen is, for example, sometimes it doesn't work, so you have to manage your hopes. I'm not saying that's true. This is an example of what I could interpret from that. Is this making sense so far in terms of the flow through? Okay. And then particularly for the bottom part here, below this line, what we want to do is actually start to process some of these meanings that we have added to the experiences that we've had in our life that war against what we know to be true of him. And you say, why, why do you want to do that? Because if we don't process these events healthily, we end up riddled with disappointment and we start to settle for something less than who God really is. And we start to let our experience determine our truth and that's heading to really, really dangerous ground. So the first question is, is this at war with my belief. In other words, is this meaning or interpretation of this negative event, that some, is this belief that sometimes it doesn't work, so manage your hopes, is that warring against my belief over here? And in this case, the answer is a, a solid, clear yes. Because that belief essentially is saying sometimes he's not who he says he is. And that I can't fully trust in his nature. So the answer to that would be yes, if that is still there. Now, the thing about meaning interpretation, really, this is, this is my thoughts. What am I thinking about that? The thing we have to understand about our thoughts is our thoughts are emotionally held. Okay, we don't just think cognitively, we think emotionally. So when there's disappointment riddled in there, it's not like I can just have another thought because there's emotion that is charging that thought. So I actually have to process the emotion healthily if I want to have another thought. It's where cognitive behavioral theory has a slight downside. It doesn't take into account the emotion side. So what do I do with that then? If this is still at war, what I want to do is I want to get in touch with the emotion. Now, in my case here, particularly around losing my dad, the emotion... Do you want that shot as in? Oh, yeah, it's somewhere. So, in this case here, in terms of losing my dad, the feeling or emotion could, be, could easily be grief and sadness. And if I hadn't processed my grief and my sadness healthily, that could empower thought structures in my brain that war against the nature of God. Are we making sense? Okay. So what do I do with that? Now, you're not going to be able to do all of this tonight. Okay, so I'm setting you an assignment that's bigger than the time that we have available, but I want to give you something to work with. 
as you go away. Because if you realize that you have got some meanings, interpretations here that still have some emotion attached to it as a result of some of these events, what do I need to do? Number one, I need to acknowledge that event hurt. I'm still carrying some pain from that. Now that may sound like really obvious, but you can't be healed of something you refuse to own. And one of the things I know about emotions is when you name them, you tame them. That's not just a clever rhyme, even though it is that. When you name them, you do actually tame them. So number one, I need to acknowledge that I'm still in pain. I'm still carrying pain from that particular event. And I'm really, really well aware that as we start this process, there might be more, lots more than one event. Okay? If you've been on the earth longer than 20 minutes, there's a chance there could be a few. The process works the same. I want to then name the emotion. I want to give it a name. Is it sadness? Is it grief? Is it disappointment? Is it anger? Um, is it frustration? Is it bitterness? Is it betrayal? You know, what, what, is, what is the name of that emotion? Now, if you're a male in this room, there's a fair chance that you know about three emotional words. Okay, in the English language, there's somewhere around 230 words that describe emotions. Your average male knows three. I'm awesome because my team just won. I'm really angry. Or, yeah, I'm right. That, 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 that's about the extent of the vocabulary. So what you may need to do is get Google out and Google emotions list. And just get a whole lot of words in front of you and keep scanning it until you find one that you go, yes, that's it. I have a number of other strategies around that, but that right now that's the easiest one to have access to without bringing in about 50 decks of cards and getting you to spread out all around the room, though that would be fun. So we want to give it a name. And that's possibly the extent to which you may get to tonight. But when we talk about express, we need to give healthy, constructive expression to that emotion. Even if it's anger, even if I'm angry, even if you think, hey, I'm actually angry at God. If you don't think being angry with God is okay, you need to read the Psalms. Because in there you will find every emotion pointed in all sorts of different directions. David didn't have any qualms, it seems, giving expression to his emotion. In other words, you need to let your emotion, whether it's your grief, your sadness, your anger, your frustration, your disappointment, you need to let it tell its story. So if disappointment was standing right here in front of you, personified as a person, and was telling its story, what would it be saying? That's what I mean by it. that story needs expression. That's the work we do on the emotion side. Then, what I call the 555 factor, what is that? I hear you ask. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. The 555 factor, Isaiah 55.5. As high as their heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What I'm after here in particular is the thoughts part. So the 555 factor is simply this. What are my thoughts, which you already have over here in terms of the interpretation? What I want to know is, what's God's thoughts? Okay, we, did, we did a little bit of this last month. What could God's thoughts be about this particular event? Here, I've added meaning or interpretation to it. But what are God's thoughts? 
So for me, yeah, when you're going through grief, grief, when, when you are on earth, grief feels very permanent. And it is from an earthly perspective. It's incredibly permanent from an earthly perspective. And so the, the ease of, God, where the heck were you? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? What, you know, all, all the what ifs that can go around. Some of the 555 factor, the, the God's ways are higher than your ways, is I actually need to understand that my grief is temporary in the light of eternity. And right now while I'm on earth, it hurts. But that is part of what helps us ache for eternity. And it's going to be fixed on the other side. And we're going to have a really, really long time to hang out. Doesn't mean it hurts less here. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying use eternity to go into denial. I'm not going there at all. All I'm trying to do is, quite often, it's not that some of these things aren't completely true. It's just that there are other things that are true as well. We're trying to expand what actually is the reality. And especially when our thoughts are emotionally charged, we tend to lock in on one reality. That's the 555 factor is, I'm acknowledging my thoughts, but if, high, if his thoughts are higher than mine, what could his thoughts be? And I just stop and I listen. Okay, God, I've added meaning to that. Sometimes we don't even know that we've done this. What do you want to say about that? How do you see this event? Especially when we've been through pain, when we've been through trauma, we often, we often interpret the absence of God in that moment. Because we kind of go, well, God, if you were there, then that wouldn't have happened. But sometimes God's promise is to deliver us through the fire, not from it. And if his ways are higher than our ways, who knows what he is doing? Now, I mean, I, that, that can open up a whole can of worms. I'm not saying that he does bad so that good may come. I'm not going there at all. All I'm saying is there is a broader perspective than usually what I have. And that's what I want to discover and I want to give space for. Then comes the decision point. And the decision point is simply this, which am I going to give authority to? Am I going to give authority to my interpretation or am I going to give authority to my belief? In particular, what scripture says. And this is a key decision point. Which has more authority? My experience or what God has said? Are we, are we making sense? Okay, which, one is, which one am I going to give more authority to? Because too often, we, we actually ascribe our experience greater authority than Scripture. And I just think that's, that's, that's building your life on the sand. I think that's dangerous. So whenever my life isn't meeting up with what Scripture says, it's not Scripture that's meant to change. It's... it's, it's me actually pressing in for a greater reality. My dad didn't get healed. Other people I've prayed for have. So I can either go, well, people don't get healed, or I can go, you know what, there was something about that that I didn't know or I didn't understand, and I didn't know how to get breakthrough in that area, so I'm going to keep pressing in until I do. That's another way of looking at it. I'm going to talk about the data stream at the end, and that, that's where we're going to come back. So what I want to do is give you probably about 15 to 20 minutes for now, and then I'll just kind of check in how you're doing. And, and if you want to move around the room, we're going to put some music on and just 
allow you some process time. So if you want to move around the room, if you want to use the floor, if you want to use flat space over there, because I know pen and paper without anything under it can be a holy experience. Oh, 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 oh that was terrible. Um, come back, Lord. Um, so I'm going to give you 15, 20 minutes just to, just to begin work on that. And then I'll bring us back to our data stream and, and I want to pray for us at the end. Don't worry if you don't get through everything. The whole idea is to give you a resource to actually start really processing at a deeper level the convictions that you have and how they match with your experience of life so far. So I'm going to pray for us now and then I'm going to give you some space and time to work through that. So Father, as we do this, I, I know that you're already here and I just want to ask that a spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon us as we do this. We just speak to every single heart and say, you're in a safe place. That if you're in pain and you're hurting, it's okay for that to be expressed. This is a safe place. We just remove judgment from our emotional world and just give people permission um, to grieve, to, to be disappointed, to be angry. But God, we know you don't leave us there. So Father, would you just come and work in our midst? Would you work powerfully? Would you rest powerfully upon hearts and minds? And as we do this, would you show us all the more who you really are and deepen our convictions of your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you 15, 20 minutes. Time is yours. As I said, if you want to move around the room, if you want to use the floor, go ahead. And I'll check back in soon. If you're doing stuff and you need help and scream out, I'll wander around. efficient and it's like yeah I was done five minutes ago and others have just begun <laughs> either way that's okay because the whole idea is to give you a process to take away one of the scriptures that I read last Sunday um, was from 1 Thessalonians and it was from the message and it talked about the Holy Spirit putting steel in our convictions now the enemy wants to sow all sorts of other stuff into our convictions. And when we have unprocessed, unhealed experiences that are telling us something different to what Scripture tells us, that becomes a, a stronghold out of which the enemy launch, launches attacks and starts to whittle away at our convictions. And this process is about taking some of that ground back as well as bringing healing to some really yucky experiences in life because we do live in a battle zone. Um, we have bad experiences at times. But if we can start to get good at processing those and keeping our heart, keeping our heart really open before God and really real, being, real, being really real with Him about those experiences, we can actually experience a measure of healing such that those experiences don't hold us back and don't keep warring against the revelation of who God is in our life.
that, that decision point is, is a really key point, and in reality, that is, the, that is a decision of the will. And I talked about this a little bit last week. Um, one of the things that I said at my father's funeral is that I will not implicate God in my father's death. I will not sacrifice what I know to be true of him on the altar of something that I don't understand. I just won't do it. That's part of my conviction zone is I just won't do that. And when I'm talking about that decision point there, that's what I'm talking about is that there are times where we need to make a choice of our will. What am I going to give authority to? And that choice really, really matters. And I'm not saying that, saying that choice is easy. That choice came through a lot of tears, a lot of snot, a lot of tissues. But that was the call. That was the decision. I said I'd come back and finish around the data stream. What do I mean by that? I'm going to talk about the Apple Watch for a moment. And this is not a marketing ploy for those of you who know my deep love of Apple devices. Um, if you have ever experienced an Apple Watch, A, you are very, very blessed. Um, and B, you, you know all about the circles, the, the coloured circles, the rings. You know, and people who have Apple Watches often talk about closing their rings. So, so there are three rings on there because this watch tracks your, your physical activity. So the three rings are, you know, do I stand up often enough in the day? Do I move enough, you know, take enough steps, and do I do enough exercise? And if you've closed all three of your rings, you've stood up enough, you've taken enough steps so that you're not living a sedentary lifestyle and you've actually done some exercise. In other words, if you close your rings, you're likely to be healthy. One of the things that having it sitting there on your watch face does is it changes your data stream. In other words, what is the information that I am looking at and paying attention to? Before I had this watch, I never even thought about how often I should stand up. I never thought about how much exercise I should do, which is not that great. Um, you know, I, I never thought about moving around. Um, but putting it on my watch face, on something that I look at all the time, has changed my data stream, and as a result, it's changed my behavior. Because when a ring is not closed, you think, oh, what can I do to fix that? And because it's in pretty pictures and pretty colors, it makes it all the more enticing. It's shiny. Yeah. It, does that make sense? So the information that you put yourself in front of changes your behavior. That's the point I was trying to make there. Now, when I was, um, when I was facing the prospect of losing my dad, when we first got the diagnosis, and his diagnosis, he had a glioblastoma, which is a grade four brain tumor. It's the most aggressive brain tumor there is. And um, it shoots spores, microscopic spores, all over your brain that can't be picked up. It's, it's this utterly demon-inspired disease. It's hideous. Um, and I had, in trying to understand what we were up against, I had done a huge amount of Googling. So I, I knew a lot. <laughs> Dr. Google was, was, was great except it was really, really discouraging because everything I read was deeply discouraging. Um, and once we knew the diagnosis and I understood enough to be able to go, to, to kind of let that part go, I went, right, I know enough now. I'm not Googling that anymore. And I went back to my desk after I'd been um, 
at the doctor, that's right, we, we went and visited the surgeon to get the results and found out what this particular cancer was. Um, and I made a specific choice. And I went back to my desk and the first thing I Googled was glioblastoma healed. <laughs> because what I wanted to fill my data stream with was stories of victory, stories of breakthrough, stories of overcoming. Now we ended up halting that thing. Like the brain tumors of that kind don't tend to stop and we actually ended up halting it even when he was off chemo. That's another story but for another time. But we actually did get some measure of breakthrough against that thing against which there is supposedly no breakthrough. We saw measures of it. The end result wasn't totally what we wanted but I made a strategic choice at that point in time. What is going to fill my head? What is going to fill my data stream? Now these experiences down here we can meditate on those a lot, especially when they've still got emotion attached to them. And part of the reason for wanting to process the emotion is we stop playing it over in the same kind of way. Yeah, I still grieve my dad. Like I said, last week was the anniversary. I still grieve it. But it doesn't hold me back. It's not warring against the nature of God in my life. I think in the slightest would be my testimony, partly because I took the time to do all of this, that step two of acknowledge name and actually express the emotions that were attached to that. But then there was the strategic decision, what am I gonna feed myself on? And I'm gonna continue my, to feed myself on stories of that being healed, of cancer being healed, of people's bodies being broken through. When we struggle financially, I feed myself on stories of breakthrough, on stories of provision. I go back and I remember the times up the top of the sheet across here where God did provide. You know, I didn't say that before. We were actually given a car during this period. We tried to buy one, never worked. We just couldn't seem to, couldn't seem to find one. And the ones we did, the moment we rang them, they were either gone or they never returned our call. So we just went, stuff it, we're gonna give the money away. Like we didn't have that much to give for a car, but we thought, blow it, we're gonna give it away. Um, and then that, late, that weekend, I think someone said, hey, we're gonna be away for like three months. Do you need a use of a car? To which we said, yeah, that'd be awesome. And then the day we had to give the car back was a day that a couple of weeks earlier someone said, hey, I'm upgrading my car and I don't want to sell the other one that's really on my heart to give it to someone and I feel like God's put you on my heart. Do you need it? And I'm like, well, yeah, in two weeks the car that we have a loan of is going bye-byes and yeah, we really do. And like literally the day we gave the loan car back was the day we got given this other car. That was so cool. God provided. So whenever... You know, anytime the bank balance starts to look scary, all I do is put other things in front of my data stream. Your data stream is something you need to make a choice about. So two decision points. One, what am I going to give authority to? Am I going to give authority to my experience or am I going to give authority to scripture? And for some of you, your homework to go away, if there was nothing in the bubble up here, is to go and find some script and keep searching until you find one that really resonates within your own heart. Yeah, it's not just, oh, that's a good idea. It's like it actually hits you in here. And just keep that in front of you. There are a number of those for me around the goodness of God. John 10.10 10 in particular has always been one of my life favorites that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So if I'm not experiencing that, I come back to that and go, right, God, that's what you said. That's what I'm going to meditate on. So what am I hanging around with that's out of line with that? Are we making sense? Decision point, data stream. And like I said, for some of you, your, your homework is to 
go and search some scriptures around the goodness of God or around the character and nature of God and get them into your data stream regularly. You know, we've got some declarations that stick on the other side of the shower, with, you know, the shower screen. Um, they were some of the ones that you did from that Steve Backlund thing. They're still up there. <laughs> okay. It's like, what are you going to keep putting in front of your face? That's your data stream. That's something that you have a choice over. And especially when that data stream is scripture, his words are spirit and are life. This is not just information into your brain. You are feeding yourself on that which is spirit and that which is life. All right. How many of you had some kind of revelation, insight, some kind of positive experience, even slightly, around that process tonight? Anyone? Three of you? Four of you? Five, <laughs> a few of you? How many of you still got work to do? Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's the idea. This is a starting point. Out of you, and this is, does anyone have anything that they want to share? Any kind of, t any insight that would be useful to share? No pressure, because I did gave you no notice of that whatsoever. Because some of this is really personal, so you may want not yet be in a place to pop it out there. That's okay. Three more seconds. I, I found working oh. on the meeting zone. Uh, I found working on the meeting zone helpful. Mm. Um, there was some interpretations that I was given to some negative experiences that I was surprised I was given to. the very reason why I've found that time and time again until I reflected on experience. I didn't even realise I'd believe that about that. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone? Yeah, Rach. Um, I just found writing out, I just generally found out the writing out my core beliefs really just opened up a lot. Like I've had lists that I've had before, but just here today, what are my core beliefs and writing them out was just really refreshing and aligning and there was just, yeah, some cool ones that came out that really testify to what I'm going through and what the last few years have been and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's verses and yeah, <laughs> so that was really good. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That is really cool. Anyone? Anyone? Last chance. Lizzie. It's all right. I'll um, hold it for you. <laughs> um, I just kind of got to the meaning um, area and I tried to interpret something and then I just went, I don't know. Hmm. I actually just don't know. So um, it kind of, um, I guess, inspired me to seek help and to actually go and um, speak to someone who can help me to Perfect. understand all of this and um, find those scriptures because I need help back. <laughs> Perfect. That's good. We've talked about this a lot over the last few weeks. If you can't find it or you don't know the breakthrough, who can mum or dad me in that area? Well done. Beautiful. Who can help me? Who can lead me where I need to go? Awesome. All right. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to end. I know that's deep. But it is about that time. I want to encourage you to take this away with you and process it some more. Include it as part of your data stream. Right now. Because the Holy Spirit is wanting to put steel in your convictions. He's wanting to bring you out the other side of this squeeze so much stronger, so much more deeply grounded so that he can take ground through you in a way that he hasn't been able to before. So, Father, we just bless you. 
we just declare together that you are good, that you are absolutely and amazingly good. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would put steel in our God kingdom convictions that the revelation of who you are in our life and in our heart would be so deep and so strong. God, I want to pray healing. I want to pray grace over those tender places in our heart um, that have still got some pain or some trauma attached. Father, I just pray peace to those places. I pray the shalom of heaven into those places and the grace um, to work with you and with whoever we need help from so that those experiences become testimonies of your comfort and of your healing and of your goodness. Mm. Yeah, God, I just speak protection over all of us once again in the name of Jesus. I just say absolutely no to the accuser jumping in on our heart processes and trying to hijack us and take us somewhere where you don't want us to go. We just bind our minds to the mind of Christ. And together we just make a decision that the revelation of who you are in Scripture is our authority on who you are. And where our experience hasn't lined up, we just declare that our experience might have been real and might have been factual, but it's not the truth. Because you are truth. And you promise that when we know the truth, that truth will set us free. Yeah. Bless you, Jesus. Bless every single heart and every single life in your name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. If you process stuff during the week and you feel like you can share it, use our Facebook page and let, let's let this be a community journey, not just an individual one. Bless you. See you next week.